Hello and welcome to Wager Vision, the all gambling podcast brought to you by Pro Sports Extra. Uh, we are working on an intro. I'm terrible at it. I cannot figure it out. I've tried kind of f- putting some stuff together, but so uh, maybe we'll reach out and see if we can get somebody to make an intro for us today. Uh, me and Cam are back and joined for the first time ever is Jared. Uh, Cam and Jared, say hello to the people, guys. How you doing? Good to be here. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great to be here. I'm excited to make my debut tonight. Yeah, and uh, if you like what you hear, you can find me on Twitter at Live with Boomer, and you can find Cameron at Cameron Covers on Twitter, and Jared, you can find him at Riggs, R-I-E-G-Z-P-S-E. Uh, so if you guys like what you hear, you want to follow our picks, because we'll probably put them out on Twitter, uh, you can go follow us there and everything like that. Uh, this is week three of the preseason NFL season, which means at least for most teams, we'll be playing starters for the first half. Uh, of all games uh go ahead uh whoever wants to start cam if you want uh, a game you you like and then jared you can give a game that i'll give a game we'll go down the line and kind of talk about it if we have opinions on other people's uh takes but uh go ahead cam and go with uh, the first game that you like the best for coming up this season preseason sure sure uh actually let me go ahead and start by recapping my one pick from Week two, uh, I gave this out on the air. Uh, Boomer's laughing already. He knows where I'm going. I went ahead and took Philadelphia plus four. They, of course, lost to New England 20 to 37. And this was a situation where I actually had the handicap right, and I still lost the game. Um, you know, my main point was I thought that Philadelphia's quarterback depth was superior to New England. And for the most part, you know, Nate Sudfeld played pretty well, 22 of 39, 312 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but their starting quarterback in that game, Nick Foles, did not play well, just three for nine for 44 yards. Actually hurt his shoulder, so something to keep an eye on going forward. But I did not forecast Tom Brady playing the whole first half. Um, leave it up to Bill Belichick to just do something completely ridiculous and play his 41-year-old Hall of Famer in a meaningless preseason game. But uh, Tom Brady finished with 19 of 26 for two touchdowns, 172 yards, and served me up a gambling loss. So uh, went 0-1 last week and learned a valuable lesson. These preseason games are really hard to forecast. Yeah, I think anybody saw Tom Brady going and playing pretty much almost two full quarters and going 19 for 26. I mean, Bill Belichick, you never really know what happens, what goes on in his mind, but starting Brady, the most valuable player in the NFL, to play a full two quarters in the preseason, that wasn't the third game. That's just kind of crazy, and gambling man, I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Absolutely. And then the other tip we gave out was that uh, that that trend that we uh, discovered, the 1-0 teams versus 0-1 teams in week two had been 158 against the spread up until this week. Of course, last week they went 4-4. Four and four. Not a whole lot of help there, just flipping coins. Still something to look for going forward because I think the trend makes a lot of sense with the motivation factor. Uh, but that was all the action I had last week. How did you guys do? Go ahead, I actually, if you had, yeah. yeah, I actually took the week off in the preseason. I don't really bet huge in the preseason. It's kind of flipping a coin, going heads or tails. You never really know, especially in the first two games. They're kind of just throwing the uh, the backups in there. But week three, I definitely have a few picks going. So 
I'm excited to share those with the fans as well. Yeah, I didn't. All really, right, uh, sounds touch, good. Yeah, I didn't really touch anything either. Um, I know you like also that Harbaugh, uh, you know, covering the spread in the in the uh, preseason, and you know they went and do that again by only one point, just like they did the first game of the, of the preseason. But uh, I didn't really touch anything. Uh, I didn't like any of the games. I don't even really like betting even this week coming up just because it, it could all fall apart for you in the second half when they start putting everybody else in again. Um, but I got some picks that I do like and figure we'll put them out. And like we talked about uh, last week, we're going to give out at least like three or four or whatever, however many people you think is good money to bet uh, for who you think can win the whole thing this year in the Super Bowl. So, um Go ahead and uh, start, Cameron, with uh, maybe some of your picks for this week, and then uh, Jared can go and we can uh, figure some out. Sure. One game that I'm taking a look at, I haven't decided if I'm going to get some action down, but I do – I'm leaning towards the Jets' money line, minus 145. They're hosting the Giants, and this is for the reason of uh, quarterback depth. Sam Darnold – what I'm reading in New York Jets newspapers, it's his job to lose. He could be the starting quarterback come week one. And, you know, so far there's a lot of optimism, and I think he has a lot to prove in this game. Uh, he's, he will be starting the entire first half, and then Teddy Bridgewater, a very capable backup, is going to be starting the second half. And he's also got a lot to prove because he knows he's not going to be in New York. He might be starting somewhere else come week one of the regular season. So I'm leaning Jets' money line. And it's it's a lot of quarterback motivation and quarterback depth. Do you guys have any opinions on that? Yeah, you actually took my pick. Great minds think alike there. Um, I pretty much anything under minus two and a half. I usually go money line as well. Um, I just like throwing the extra few bucks to save myself some points. Uh, I also think that Darnold definitely is be showcasing himself in this game to kind of cement that he will be the starter come the first game of the regular season against the Lions. And Teddy Bridgewater is kind of – this is basically a tryout for the other teams. I've heard some things about the Jets that they're looking for a pass rusher. I've heard some Khalil Mack rumors and Dante Fowler from the Jaguars. Teddy Bridgewater on the Jaguars could be an interesting fit. Blake Bortles, uh, he's a, he's an average QB. Who knows what they could have done with a great QB last year, maybe beat the Boy, Patriots. he's not even average. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, I think the Jets minus 145 is definitely a good bet. Also, Saquon Barkley and Odell are not playing, and those are the two biggest playmakers on the Giants that are going to make Eli an average quarterback this year. So, I think the Jets definitely a good pick. And Todd Bowles has kind of sat back a little this preseason. Usually he throws some defensive blitzes out there. Um, I think this year, I mean, this game with Barkley and Odell out, he's kind of going to show some of those blitz options and cornerback blitzes that he brings. I He usually likes to bring him from the slot. I could see him sending Scrine and uh, Jamal Adams on a few blitz packages this game. Boomer, it sounded like you had something to say. Where, where are you ranking – uh, where are you ranking Blake Bortles if you had to? I, I think it might be uh, fun for us to do a little segment on ranking the quarterbacks, but uh, did you have an opinion there? Uh, honestly, I I wouldn't even – he'd probably be in the, the bottom five of the whole NFL, I'd say. I mean, uh, this year I think that finally there's a lot of actually teams that have good quarterbacks, even the teams that drafted new 
rookie quarterbacks. I think Sam Bradford, if he can stay healthy, is a very viable quarterback. I think that, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater was on the Jets. Uh, I mean, even McCown last year had a great season with the Jets, and then you get Sam Darnold. Uh, you got uh, Taylor with the Browns, and then they, you know, then they got Mayfield. So I think that this is like one of the first years ever that there's an abundance of lots of good QBs. Um, I think some that are terrible is somebody like I, I think Andy Dalton is bad. I think he's still better than Blake Bortles. Um, I think Eli Manning is awful, and now he he had been good. I don't ever thought he was great, but he had been good. He is just he's too old. He's fallen off. He's not mobile. He, I don't even know why the Giants stuck with him. But uh, so I, I think that Bortles is towards the very bottom, and that's crazy because there's so many good quarterbacks out there. That I think that'd be a great trade, Fowler for Bridgewater, and maybe whatever other pick they'd have to give up. Um, I don't think the Raiders are going to trade Khalil Mack. I think because they have all the advantage uh, on him, unless somebody would give them like tons of picks, uh, you know, so I don't think, but uh, I think that the Jets, if they were actually smart, should hold on to Bridgewater. And I think they should start him for the first game or two this season, uh, knowing that you're not going to make the playoffs and that Sam Darnold can have the rest of the season to kind of uh, mature and get better and then showcase Bridgewater in a, in one, one-on-one real season games and get a higher pick. Because I think if they get rid of him right now, they could only get, like, a, at best a second, probably a third, uh, unless you're trying to trade for a player. Um, but I think he would definitely be better than Blake Bortles, and it would make the Jaguars uh, a lot harder, tougher because of that defense if they had a viable quarterback standing back there that you could actually count on week in, week out. I agree. I think the Jets absolutely should start the season with Teddy B under center. He's He's more ready right now than Sam Darnold, and – Sam Darnold's your future. You don't want to put him in there to get beat up, and all of a sudden he loses his confidence. Maybe they lose a few games, and then you can't really yank him, right? So I think you're in a better position if you're the Jets. If you start Teddy Bridgewater, a veteran, he's got a little bit of wheels on him, and he runs your offense, and then maybe around week six, seven, eight, you're starting to lose some games. Put Sam Darnold in, and then he can get his experience the rest of the season, and you don't have to worry about the downside. This is the other thing with the Jets. They actually, I don't know if many people know this, they play, their first three games are in the first ten days of the season. They play Monday night against the Lions, then they play Sunday against the Dolphins, and then the next Thursday they play the Browns. Two of those games being on um, national television, you never know with a rookie QB how that could affect him going into those games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jared, what, what's a game that you, you like that uh, you're looking at? So I had the Jets as well. And then my other game, I had two other games that I, um, I'm going to choose. I had the Ravens as a pick em. They're playing the Dolphins this week in Miami. Um, I heard, was watching the Ravens-Colts game Monday night and heard the um, broadcasters talking about Harbaugh and how he takes the preseason pretty much as serious as any coach out there. I did some research on Harbaugh, and he is 31-12 and 12 in, the re- in the preseason. He's also gone undefeated in three of the last four preseasons, and he's 3-0. and 0. So I figured, why not shoot your shot and try and make it four out of five in the preseason, although it doesn't mean anything. But clearly to, clearly to Harbaugh, it means a lot. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a good I, point. But just as a cautionary note, if you can get the Ravens at pick them now, I would do it. Uh, last week, I, I didn't take this game, but I was leaning Baltimore at minus one. It creeped up to minus two, and I thought, hey, what the hell? It's not a key number. I'll go with it anyways. 
and the game lands on one, so I have to light that ticket on fire. So in the preseason, yeah. you know, these teams, they're not, they don't want to tie. So if it's at the end of the game, the game was 20-13 to 13 last week, the Colts score a touchdown, they go for two and miss it, and that's why the game landed at one. So make sure to get every point you can in the preseason. Yeah, that's exactly what happened the first week against for the Ravens as well. Uh, the Bears went for two to t- try and take the lead and uh, and missed it. And so then the Ravens also didn't cover the spread, uh, which is crazy that that's happened already twice this preseason. Um, I agree. I don't – I don't. Dolphins really haven't been on TV in my area, so I haven't really gotten to see them unless it's highlights. And so I'm not sure what they really got going on or how Tannehill is going to be. Um, but you know they're going to showcase uh, Lamar a ton again, and you would think one of these games he'd finally have a good game because he's been awful in the preseason. Uh, so you would think that you know this third game maybe or fourth game for them, um, they would uh, he would showcase something or do something better. Uh, so I, I would get that pick them. It's not something I would do just because I don't. I, I've seen Baltimore this year and I think they haven't looked good. So. Uh, and I haven't seen Miami, so I'm not sure what they would really bring to the table. Um, so, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be able to do that one just because of that. Uh, one that I actually like is I – one of them is the Lions plus three at Tampa Bay, even though I know they're still going to play Jameis, even though he's suspended for the first four games. Um, but I think Detroit has a lot of stuff they need to work on, so I think their starters might play even more because um, I think they could have a really bad season. I think they need to work on stuff. Plus three is a lot, and who knows how long they're going to play Jameis because they need to get, you know, the first four games they're going to have a different QB in there. You know, yeah. I think my my point on the Lions is I think they're actually one of the more underrated teams headed into the season. I don't have an opinion on the game. But, you know, they won nine games last year. They're only slated for seven and a half this year. Their division is kind of it's kind of muddy. Obviously, you have the Packers and the Vikings at the top. I think the Bears are overrated. I, I think the Lions can kind of fly under the radar here. You know, I, their offensive line is, is shaping up to be fairly good. Pro Football Focus has them at, as the number eighth offensive line, and that's one of the keys I look for because I think it's – most fans don't understand it, and so you can you can exploit, you can bet on a team that has a good offensive line. Uh, any opinions on the Lions as as far as a season outlook? You think they're overvalued or undervalued? I think the Lions are going to have a pretty good year this year. I think the pickup of Legarrette Blunt, I think that's a huge pickup for them. I think that helps uh, Matt Stafford's uh, his play action game. Going down the field, obviously he's got one of the stronger arms. And I definitely had them, uh, their line was seven and a half wins. I definitely had them going over that. Their division is not the weakest division, but it's kind of an uncertain division right now. Obviously Rodgers coming off that injury, you expect him to be Aaron Rodgers, but you never know with uh, an injury like that. And Kirk Cousins coming, um, coming to the Vikings, I'm really expecting the Vikings to have a great year. But you never know also with a new quarterback coming into a system how that's going to really play out. Yeah. Sure. I'm, how do you I'm feel actually, about Matt Patricia? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm actually complete opposite. Um, in the 30-minute timeout podcast I do on Mondays, we did a power rankings towards the beginning of the year. I think I had them like 29th. Uh, I think that they're going to – I think Patricia might be in over his head. 
Stafford can't win 500 against 500 plus teams. Uh, the only conference game I think they win is against the Bears, and I think they split it. So I I think that's a one in five to start the just their conference. I think Green Bay beats them both times. I think the Vikings run over them. Um, I, I'm not positive on the rest of their layout of the schedule. I don't think they get anywhere near seven wins. I think that they're going to have some growing pains in the first year with Patricia. Um, if I don't even know if they can figure out how to run. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Caldwell was kind of a chicken shit coach, so he kind of just conformed to letting Stafford throw whenever he wants. But So maybe it would be a little different under Patricia. I just don't see it. I think they have a really bad year. Um, but that's so I kind of answered both your questions on that one. <laughs> All right. Any other opinions on that game? <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure too much about that game, but I do think that the Lions are going to have a pretty decent year, so I would say plus three on that is a pretty decent bet. Sure. Does Does anyone have any data on how well uh, underdogs have been faring this season? Uh, for the preseason, no, I haven't. I haven't actually looked that up. I could probably hop on covers.com real quick and figure it out, but I, I haven't looked. Sure. Uh, the, the other game that I looked into a little bit was uh, Green Bay. They're catching six and a half at Oakland. Yep. To me, this I'm is an interesting game. Um, and uh, we'll get your opinion on the side in a second. I, you know, we're trying to figure out before the show, me and Boomer, why this line was so high in the preseason. You typically see point spreads around three or four points. Packers catching six and a half. I think a lot of this is the fact that Oakland, John Gruden, the new coach, he's got a tremendous record in the preseason, 31 and 17. Of course, a lot of that was over a decade ago, which, you know, calls into question how valid the data is. Um, But who, who knows? Maybe he's trying to prove something. The Raiders did lose last week to the Rams, but that was because of kind of a quirky scheduling spot. The Rams and the Raiders play each other in week one. So they were given absolutely nothing up to each other. I throw that game out, and then the Raiders, I believe they won their first game in the preseason. Uh, But according to the Mercury News, the Raiders will be playing their offensive and defensive starters well into the second quarter. Who knows, does that mean 20 minutes? Does that mean the full 30 minutes for the half? I'm not totally sure. Uh, I want to get your guys' opinions on the game. And why do you think this line is so high at six and a half? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could really think of is that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing. He's obviously the main factor in why the Green Bay Packers are the Green Bay Packers. And their two backups, uh, Deshaun Kaiser now and Brent Hunt, Brett Huntley, they haven't really shown much in the past year or two. Kaiser obviously coming up last year. Uh, for the Browns, he was a turnover machine, and Brent Huntley, he showed some flashes of to be a backup QB in the league and not never really a starter. So I guess if it's those two playing in the rate and the games in Oakland and that the Raiders will be playing their offense and defense pretty much for the first half, I guess that's the reason. But again, it's the preseason and a six and a half spread is extremely high. Yeah. Right. And the other thing we have to look out for is the Raiders are starting EJ Manuel and then Connor Cook will come in at some point probably in the second half. I don't know about you guys. I don't have a whole lot of faith in them for the Raiders. Yeah, I, I don't either. And that's what I was just going to ask. I mean, Derek Carr hasn't touched the field uh, in preseason. I don't know if he is or not. I tried reading up on it, but they're not, they don't really say. 
So I'm guessing maybe that means that he's going to be playing. I don't know if Gruden's going to risk it because I know Gruden probably doesn't care that much to have Carr step on the field and play. Uh, otherwise, if it is Manuel or Cook, I mean, they're awful. Uh, they're not good quarterbacks. Uh, we saw that when um, Carr led the Raiders all the way to 12 wins, and then as soon as uh, the backups came in, they were maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, they were awful. Uh, even into the playoffs, I mean, it was terrible. Um, Green Bay, I think Kaiser is actually a pretty good QB. I think being on the Browns last year uh, and his turnovers in the red zone killed him, but overall he moved the ball pretty good. I think he has a good arm. I think he spins it really well. I think he's actually has a chance of having a bright future. I think I said that last week as well. Um, so six and a half once those guys get in or one of them starts and say even if the Raiders played most of their starts in the first half, I think they make a comeback. Uh, because the other two guys are terrible. Chris Warren, the running back that was a, a undrafted free agent for the Raiders, has looked awesome. He's about the only thing that's been good for them in the preseason, really. So I'm not sure why it's six and a half either. I don't even think it matters if Rodgers plays or not. I, I definitely would take the Packers plus six and a half. Yeah, when you have a line that big in the preseason, I think you have to take the uh, the points on that. All right, what's uh, what do we cover next? Anything else we like this week? Um, I have one more real quick that I was going to throw out there that I actually kind of like, uh, and for me that's the uh, the Niners, which we can make it quick so we can talk about whatever Super Bowl because uh, we got about eight and a half minutes left. Well, then plus fifteen, so we got a little bit yet. But uh, I like the Niners pick 'em um, against the Colts. I saw the Colts. Andrew Luck right now, he's not trying to throw it downfield. I think he's just trying to get the feel of the game back. Um, so he'll play, but he didn't look good, uh, even though he's, you know, Andrew Luck, so he can bounce back at any time. But kind of like Gruden, people will knock him because he's been out of the league for 10 years, but it's just coaching. I mean, Luck hasn't thrown the ball in over a year and a half or played any football, so it's going to take us some time. I think uh, the Niners will be able to win that game, um, even though Brissett's a pretty great backup. Just the rest of the Colts is just, I mean, they're terrible. Their line's terrible. They really got no receivers. Um, they got no running back. And there's nothing great on their defense either. So uh, the Colts could have a bad year unless Andrew Luck just plays out of his mind. Uh, so I would take the Niners as a pick em. This is kind of circling back, but is there a chance that Jacoby Brissett is a better player than Blake Bortles? I have to think when we're making these power rankings, I might put him ahead of him. <laughs> Yeah, see, I Just agree. Just saying, who would I want under center for my team? I don't know. Yeah, I literally was trying to think of, like, quarterbacks that I that are worse than him, and I only came up with, like, literally two while I was just sitting here that I could – that I off the top of my head, and I was like, oh, I think right. Mitchell Trubisky sucks, so I'd put him on there. I mean yeah. – and, and Andy Dalton and him, I think, is kind of a toss-up. Um, other than about that, RG3? I, I I, I probably would take RG3 over him, too. I really would. I don't think – I would take a healthy RG3. With that with that yeah. north-south speed, I would absolutely take a, a RG3. <laughs> yeah, with the legs that RG3 has, he'll be able to move around a little. Blake Bortles, he kind of just reminds me of Eli Manning. He just slow out of the pocket, moving around, and kind of lollygagging the throw sometimes. I think one of the things he suffers from, and, and this is a lot like Eli Manning, too, he just kind of looks like a doofus sometimes. And it's <laughs> not his fault. Um, but then when you toss the picks, that kind of validates it. So, yeah, guess we're all down on Blake Bortles. Poor guy. Yeah, it, it just has an awful throwing motion to you. Like, I don't know, it's just super ugly. Um, but uh, whoever Anyways. Else, you guys wants to go first uh, about the uh, 
whoever you like to value at for a Super Bowl win or who you actually think is going to win it and what the value you took them at. Sure. So uh, here's a team that satisfies both of those uh, criteria. The Saints at 16 to 1, I think it's tremendous value. And I actually yeah, have them it. in the Super Bowl from the NFC. I know you're tired of hear, hearing me preach this. <laughs> and I talked about it on, a, on an earlier show. But I just think, you know, number one, they've got Hall of Fame quarterback, potentially Hall of Fame coach, and Sean Payton. They've been there, they've won the Super Bowl already. And they've also got the supporting cast. They've got the production from the running back position with Alvin Kamara. And, you know, looking into some of his stats last year, he was even better than I thought, 6.1 yards per carry. And catching passes out of the backfield at 10.2 yards per catch. They've got Mark Ingram off the bench to spell him and Michael Thomas to catch deep balls. He had 1,200 yards receiving last year. And then I also think that they have an underrated offensive line, which, again, that's something I'm always looking out for because I think, you know, most handicappers, they're, they're looking for, or most fans, I should say, they're looking for the fanny, fantasy positions when they're betting on teams. And so I think there's tremendous value for offensive lines. And the Saints, uh, again, according to Pro Football Outsiders, number six O-line in the league. I like that. And then also the mindset. I think they're moving all in on the year. They moved up in the draft to select pass rush uh, Marcus Davenport at the defensive end. I love the Saints. This is the last time I'll talk about them until they win the Super Bowl, Boomer. Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. We'll hear about it throughout the, the season. I guarantee you. All right. How about you, Jared? Oh, my team that I think with uh, a great line out of the AFC, I have the Texans, actually. Uh, I think the AFC is pretty weak this year. Um, I don't see too many teams besides the normal teams. you got the Steelers, the Patriots. The Chargers are up there on that list. Um, not really too sure why they're higher than the Texans. I guess it's just because Deshaun Watson is coming off the uh, ACL injury. But I got the Texans coming in at, I believe it was 20-1. to 1, and I got 25-1. to 1. 25? 25-1, yeah, 25 actually. Um, I just think Deshaun Watson showed what he really could be last year in his uh, shortened rookie season due to the injury. He Between the wide receiver core he has between Fuller and Hopkins, uh, he could throw a deep ball to either of them. Hopkins has the ups to just catch pretty much anything that's thrown his way. He One-on-one with any quarterback, he's one of the best out there. And Lamar Miller, obviously, is an, he's not the best running back. He's an average running back. That I think that'll help Deshaun Watson ease back into the rhythm of a uh, regular season football game. Also on defense, obviously, J.J. Watt got injured last year. He seems to be pretty injury-prone in the past few years. But they also added the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, to their safeties. And between... Uh, Watt and Clowney with the pass rush and the Honey Badger in the um, in the as a safety, that defense is going to be pretty lethal. And I think it could be a top three defense in the league. And a healthy Deshaun Watson being able to run and pass the ball like he did last year, I think for twenty five to one, that's some pretty good odds that I'm going to have to take. Yeah, uh, for me, I kind of feel like I, I for the AFC, I actually did. That's the only I took for. Uh, just because I think the NFC is kind of wide open. Uh, but, I, I mean, for a value pick in the AFC, I also had the Texans. Uh, they also get Whitney Merc- Merciless back, who's a great linebacker, who got injured last year too. So, like, their defense is getting tons of people back. 
tons of good people back. Plus, they added the Honey Badger. Um, uh, Clowney's on his last contract year, so he's going to want to show out to try and get either franchise or somebody else to sign, um, sign him long-term with a huge contract. Even though, for some reason, right now, NFL isn't paying defensive people. Uh, you know, Mac and uh, Don- Donald over at uh, the Rams. But um, I think that they, they have a decently easy enough schedule as well. The, my only worry is uh, turning ACL and coming back and you're – I mean, he, he tried to stay in the pocket a lot. He's not just an all-running quarterback. But you think that ACL is going to be a little, little bit on your mind as you're dropping back and people are falling by your legs and stuff. So uh, I don't know if they'll actually win it. I think the AFC this year is going to actually have a shakeup and it's going to be somebody weird that does make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I don't see why it can't be the Texans. Um, a couple other ones that I actually like um, on the NFC, I'll just say in my three value picks I like really quick. I actually think the Rams and the Vikings are both 9-1. to one. I think those are my actually two favorites in the whole NFC. Uh, Rams are my favorite overall. I think they might have, end up having the greatest defense ever if they can work together and don't get too much drama, uh, which is a lot of them are on one-year contracts, so it's huge for this year because they got to uh, all play together so they can get huge contracts next year from different teams or whatever. And then my only value pick was 18-1, uh, to the Falcons. I think they could get back on track, uh, finally have two years under their belt under an offensive coordinator um, instead of every year switching the past couple of years um, since – Shanahan left. So I think that the Falcons 18-1 is a pretty good pick, too. I actually like the Falcons in week one of the regular season. Uh, They're getting plus three and a half in Philadelphia. The books actually took this number off the board because of the Foles injury, but they put it back up, and I got this number at four. Atlanta 18-1 to win the Super Bowl. You know, I think that's pretty solid. The one worry I'd have with that is they have an incredibly difficult divisional schedule um, with the Panthers and the Saints. And so, you know, that's, that's my big red flag there, but I liked them in week one. A lot I've actually already punched in that ticket a couple weeks ago at plus four. Nice. Yeah. I also boomer had the Vikings. That was my pick out of the NFC. Um, Not only did they add Kirk cousins, but their defense was one of the best run stopping defense in the league. I think they uh, let up, it was an average of 83 yards per game last year. They also added Sheldon Richardson, who he's shown some potential. Obviously, he's had some off-field issues, but him and he can definitely add uh, another another factor to that defensive front that can just boost up that run-stopping game as well. Yeah, and they get, you know, th- they get Cook, Cook back as well, which is huge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he had an outstanding year to start the year until his injury as well. That was definitely definitely a devastating blow to them. Yeah, go ahead. Let me throw uh, this yeah. one out here, and you, let me throw this one out here. You guys can tear it up if you want. Baltimore Ravens, thirty-three to one. I know a lot of people hate on Joe Flacco. <laughs> I know a lot of people. I know Boomer thinks he's a stiff, and yep. I'm not going to argue that he's top five player. But again, it's a team that's been there. They have either the best or the second best defense in the league. Routinely, they get Terrell Suggs fully healthy. They've got John Harbaugh. I think coaches, you got to have an elite coach to win the Super Bowl. And I think we're getting good value. The market's only expecting them to win eight games this year, which is why we're getting that 33-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, and then one last point is I think their offense, which is what was holding them back last season, uh, improved a little bit. They got Michael Crabtree to, as a possession receiver. 
They got John Brown who can take the top off the defense. And I actually think drafting Lamar Jackson is going to be good for Joe Flacco. He seems motivated. He looks pretty sharp in the preseason. I kind of like the Ravens at 33 to one. Yeah. I also think Joe Flacco is definitely going to have a better year than he had in the few, in the past few years. Um, can only go up. Put it, yeah, definitely. Putting some pressure <laughs> on him. Uh, I don't know. He could flatline pretty hardcore. but <laughs> Putting some pressure on him from inside the organization is definitely going to affect how his mindset is because in the years past, he's, I don't think he's had anybody really that could contend for his starting job. But this year, um, and not only is he getting noise from inside the organization, all the media is saying how Lamar Jackson could be the next big thing. Um, he's got all the tools that can just take over for the Ravens. So who knows what the what the Ravens can bring and Joe Flacco can bring, but John Brown, as you said, and Joe Flacco's arm, just throwing the ball downfield, that could be a lethal duo for some safeties out there and cornerbacks. <laughs> yeah, well, well, look, Joe, Joe Flacco's uh, – go ahead. Uh, also, I was going to say is that I, I actually, years ago, before Tyrod ever left them, I was on Twitter calling that he should start over Flacco back then. I just thought he was a better Oh, my God. Yeah, I, for real, I still think he's better. You tell me he's not. I think Tyrod definitely better. He led the freaking Buffalo Bills to the playoffs. I mean, get, after they tried taking his job away and getting a loss on that side, too. Like, he's a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had one no. match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, he had the one nine, match. Then he got bailed out by the Denver defensive back that completely Oh, man. A pick ball and for them to catch it and run it in to win the game like it's just I, i'm i'm so down on black i can't stand it boomer the nine and seven bills making the playoffs i don't think that shows that tyrod taylor is better than look winning a super bowl look i know he, he, it wasn't on the back of his it wasn't him you know and, and they're they didn't have a potent offense or anything like that it was mostly defense but i think joe flacco if you have the defense around him, if you have the running game around him, which they do in Baltimore, they have the coaching. I think he is an average quarterback. I think Tyrod Taylor is a game manager. He's good. I think he's good, especially if you're on a team that's rebuilding. I, I don't know how you can say that they're – oh, man, that's crazy. I think that's Tyrod, crazy. I, he, Tyrod is a game manager, but I still think he's better than Flacco. I think I, – I really don't – I think Flacco is, is bad. Uh, I get, like you said, they took a 9-7 team to the playoffs. Sure. Technically, he's nine and six. They put in Nathan Peterman for a God knows what reason. He threw five interceptions. I mean, that that doesn't go against Tyrod. I, he, you know, he might have had a chance to win the game. Uh, and then, you so, know, they yeah. had some, they had some, you know, bad luck with the snow and stuff like that. Um, but I just think he's an all-around better quarterback. He is a game manager. He is boring. Uh, I sure. figured maybe he'd be a little bit more uh, exciting, but. I mean, there's nothing exciting about Flacco. The one year he won, defense was great, yes. He got lucky, had a good run, but I also think Nick Foles is terrible, and he just won the MVP in the Super Bowl. And so, you know, I guess maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think Foles is awful as well. Wait, so let, me, let me ask you this, Boomer. Uh, yeah. Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, who starts more games this season? Uh... I think that the Browns actually play Tyrod for the whole season until maybe the last couple okay. of their, there's no shots. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't okay, think Lamar then you, will ever. I don't think Lamar will ever come in and start. Sure. Unless Flacco got hurt, so I'll say Flacco will play more. 
All right, all right, sure. How about this then? Tyrod Taylor, Joe Flacco, who throws more touchdowns this season? Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, my God. I'd be, I'd be willing to bet you on that one. That's crazy. All right. That's no crazy. Way, the the Dink and Dunk Browns offense. No, Todd Haley's got him going, even though I think Todd Haley sucks as, uh, as a person. He might be a great offense as mind, but as a person, I think he sucks. But, but – They'll they'll figure something out. He's gonna he can't take it down. He's playing for a contract. He knows he's got somebody behind him. He's gonna have to go to a different team next year. He's gonna have to go all out, man. And I get Flacco might have to do that too, but I just don't think he has the talent to do it. Alright, well that's something we'll keep an eye on and we'll keep our audience <laughs> updated on that and, and how wrong you are in a couple of weeks, it's all right. You can no, always change your opinion possible. on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also what do you think, think Jared. Yeah. The AFC North, I think, is a pretty weak division this year. I think the Steelers, obviously, are the best team in that division with the two playmakers, Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, on offense. Obviously, Roethlisberger also. But every year, you somehow see Roethlisberger getting banged up, and he's already being banged up in the preseason, which has really never happened to him before. So who knows how long he can really uh, last this year. Every time he seems to get hurt, it's, the issue seems to linger throughout the entire year for him. So I think the Ravens definitely could sneak up on the Steelers and maybe even win that division this year. Uh, yeah, I mean they so were they were one game away from making the the wild card last season. What it came down to week seventeen, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, one thing I did want to ask you guys something that I I haven't talked on third minute timeout. I kind of want to talk about it on there too. Um, I know this is supposed to be all gambling, but this is a different kind of thing. Uh, why do the Pittsburgh Steelers keep drafting, even though they're getting these receivers in great spots, why do they keep drafting so many receivers? Like, James Washington was unbelievable in college. I can't believe he fell to where he fell. But why, if you're Pittsburgh, are you not getting defense, which was horrible last year after Shazier went out? And, and when you already have Juju and Antonio Brown, now you got James Washington, who's awesome. You have Eli Rogers. Like, I think they're almost too crazy on the offensive side of ball and just saying, screw defense altogether. I don't get it. Yeah, it seems like a it seems like a blessing and a curse because they keep finding these guys. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he's giving them a lot of a lot of problems, kind of creating drama in the locker room with his contract situation. But now all of a sudden they've got this guy James Conner behind him, who mm-hmm. seems like he can play. So I don't know. I mean, it would be nice if my Redskins could be able to find these guys in the middle of the draft to replace you know star players like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, I think it's a blessing and a curse for the Steelers. Yeah, I also think this is one of the last years that we're going to see the Steelers as one of the top teams in the AFC. I think after this year, Le'Veon's definitely gone. Uh, I think this whole contract situation has been going on too long for him. I think it's been the third year he's getting the uh, franchise tag. And uh, there's obviously already the rumors out there of where he's going to be playing next year, and Vegas actually has odds on it. I think the Steelers are the fifth favorite behind behind the Browns, Jets, and Raiders, I think it was. So I think they and they drafted I think it was Mason Rudolph this year to kind of be groomed into the next Big Ben, but so maybe they're trying to get a little core going between Mason Rudolph and these young wide receivers. But after this year, I think the AFC North is going to take a complete turnaround, and there's going to be a new leader up top. Sure, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the odds are. Maybe you've got them in front of you, Jared, but. I have to think that this is probably Big Ben Roethlisberger's last season 
playing in I, the I, NFL. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's going to be close. One or two years, and I think he's done. I, I was asked, yeah, that's he, exactly uh, what I was going to say. I think he's he's he has declined. Jalen Ramsey called him out. Um, <laughs> and, he, I mean, ben, Big Ben's been great over his career, but lately he has been bad. Uh, I mean, he's missed a lot of things. He gets injured a lot more. I think he doesn't care as much. I don't think his heart's in it as much. I think now he's playing for the check more than anything because he has kids and stuff. Uh, I, I think he's kind of lost his love for football. He's always complaining about his coaches and practices and how, you know, practicing too hard or whatever. Like, I think he's lost the love of football, which also is part of his decline. And I think he should retire. Yeah, I just pulled the uh, lines up for Le'Veon next year. The favorites are actually the Colts right now at plus 375. Then you have the Jets, at, the Jets at plus 400. The Steelers are third at plus 425. Then you have the Browns at plus 500. And then a few teams linger right behind them. Yeah, I was going to so say, def- I don't think the Raiders can sign them. They, uh, they're they going to have to do something with Amari Cooper. They're going to have to do something if they do something with Khalil Mack. They are to pay Carr. Like, they don't have much room in their cap anymore. And that's why I think yeah, they're the Raiders are, they're, Khalil uh, Mack right now. They're sixth on that list. They're plus a thousand right now. Yeah, I mean, unless Lynch, re- I mean, Lynch will probably retire, so that'll be gone. But and Doug Morton, they'll probably cut him. But they, I mean, they're they've paid a lot of people lately, and they got people they're going to have to pay. So I, I just don't see any way that they can sign them. They're going to have to go through the draft for a running back, or that Chris Warren that they got this year could be really good. Yeah, that could definitely be interesting. Wherever he goes, that's going to be a complete game changer uh, for that offensive uh, side of the ball. So any anything else you guys want to discuss? We got about, uh, I'd say, only like three, four minutes left. Uh, if there's anything you want to get off your chest quick. I, I'm not positive on each of you who your favorite teams are in the NFL. Uh, maybe if you – want to talk about that quick and what you think their expectations of your favorite team if you want to do it really quick because uh, I'm not even sure who you guys are fans of in the NFL I know Jared your profile is baseball Mets I think which or is it Islanders I don't know same kind of colors uh, <laughs> I'm a Met and Islander fan so it's it's rough out there yeah. I'm also a Jets fan so it's real rough oh, uh, never really had a nice winning season under my belt besides for the Mets <laughs> going to the World Series a few years back but, yeah, as a Jets fan, I think their over-under is at six right now. Um, I think they're going to hover right around that over-under. Their defense, I think, is going to be really good. They picked up Tremaine Johnson. Their secondary is could be one of the better ones in the league. And their offensive front, they really still don't have a pass rush. And that's why their rumors are going around about Dante Fowler and Khalil Mack. I don't think they're going to get Khalil Mack, although – I think that could really take the defense, obviously, to the next level. Dante Fowler would be a nice addition, but I don't know how many games the Jets could win. I actually see them going about 7-9, and nine, I'd say. Uh, I would take the over on the Jets. i also definitely take the over if they start Bridgewater. I think he will be able to win more games for them than Darnold. I think he, obviously, like most QBs, will have some rookie issues, but... That's pretty much my outlook for the Jets. It's going to hover, I'd say, in between six to eight games for them. And my loyalties lie with the Washington Redskins. It's been a pretty disappointing <laughs> run the last few seasons. Uh, you know, we were teased a little bit with RG3, and that, of course, blew up and culminated with the uh, Kirk Cousins moving on to the Vikings. 
But, you know, the, the big disagreement within the fan base here in Washington is, of course, between, you know, is Kirk Cousins a better player or is Alex Smith a better player? I actually kind of like the signing. I like the fact that they found a cheaper option in Alex Smith. He has a winning, a winning pedigree. I'm not saying he's had a whole lot of playoff success, but he's at least been to the playoffs. And I also think he's a little bit more, more mobile than Kirk Cousins. So, you know, for, for the price tag that they um, were able to get him at, I liked the Alex Smith signing. And then, you know, what, what did they do in the draft? They went ahead and picked, uh, you know, Alabama defensive tackle Deron Payne. That should bolster their pass rush, which was just weak, you know, very weak last season. They also went ahead and addressed their running game issues and took Darius Geis from LSU, and he tragically tore his ACL um, in practice a few days ago. And then no, they go ahead and pick up in, in, in the preseason game. So they go ahead and sign Adrian Peterson. I don't know if he has a whole lot left in the tank. I know his yards per carry last season was abysmal for the Saints and the Cardinals. I'm just hoping he can provide that, um, you know, the, the power in the running game that the Redskins have lacked. Over-under is, is set at seven. You know, I'm definitely not taking the over. I'll just put it that way. Um, but one thing about the NFC East is they've had a new division winner every single season. There, there's so much parity in this division. It's stacked from the top to the bottom. You never know when a team like the Giants or the Cowboys are going to come out of nowhere and win a bunch of games. So it's going to be hard for the Redskins to find their way to the, to the playoffs. If they do it, it'll be from the wild card. Um, I think they're in for an 8-8 eight and eight season, so I would stay off the season win total and just hope for improvement from the defense. All right. I'm a Raiders fan. I don't have any time to explain it. We'll talk about it on the next Wage Division podcast. Thanks for everybody who's listening. It's going to cut off at any second. I just don't know when yet. If you want to find out more, go to prosportsextra.com. Uh, you can go to capsports.com, and you can find me and Cam on there for our picks throughout the season as well. Even Cam's got some stuff going on right now in the preseason. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cameron Covers, at Reeds PSE, at Live with Boomer. Thanks for listening. Go follow us. Hit us up. Tell us what you think, good or bad. Thanks, guys. We'll see you again on Wednesday.